I have made more than 50,000 mistakes, and more importantly, I have learned over 50,000 lessons. The words of today's guest of the Champion Forum podcast. This is the Champion Forum podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. She's the co-owner and COO of Tippy Toes Dance, where the mission is to develop a love of dancing and children by creating a positive experience that promotes healthy living habits, helps build confidence, and a love for others. Her and her partner founded the company 21 years ago and now have 35 franchises and an international presence. As a mother of three young daughters, she is the ultimate mompreneur. She has completed a marathon and has also appeared on Shark Tank. Megan Riley, welcome to the Champion Forum podcast. Thank you, Jeff. I'm so excited to be here. I, uh, I'm, I love talking about life and work and motherhood and how it all mixes together. So I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you because uh, you're doing it very well. But, you know, that opening quote, 50,000 mistakes, <laughs> I think a lot of people can identify with that. But I love that the quote doesn't end there. Uh, you've learned 50,000 lessons. And, uh, you know, I think there's something to be said about, you know, uh, don't get caught up in perfection. Sometimes you <laughs> just got to execute. And so I really appreciate you being on and I'm, I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more about what that journey looked like. Now you have, you know, a thriving business that is continuing to grow, but it <laughs> wasn't always that way. So maybe tell us a little bit about the backstory of Tippy Toes. How did it go from an idea to a business and, and give us some highlights of kind of how the infancy got to where it is today? Sure. Well, it started um, in a really college sorority house, basically. My sister and I are in, in business together. Um, so Sarah Noose is my sister, and she's a few years older and was at, at college, and she needed a job because she got fired. We decided to go to a football game instead of for her to go to her job, and she got fired. <laughs> so um, still a good decision. We'd make it over and over every time. Um, so she got fired, and she needed to make a car payment, and my parents weren't going to bail her out. They said, you got to figure it out and get a job. And so she decided to go into a daycare locally there in Norman, Oklahoma, and offer dance classes to the kids at the school. And it worked. And then, you know, just kept working. And she kind of realized, you know, over the course of her time at school that this could really be a thing. I joined her at the same college a couple years or three years later and started doing the same thing. She went to a different city. She kept doing it. I went to a different city. I started doing it. And so it was very, for us, our beginning was super organic. It was, mm. I needed a job in college and then it, it kept working. Now, of course, we could have left it there in college. We could have both graduated with our degrees and gotten a job, but um, we knew there was something more here. So we, we, we kept after it and uh, never stopped. Man, that is amazing. So what started uh, as a need, really, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I, hey, look, I, gotta, I have a car <laughs> payment. Like, I got to figure this out, right? Right. Sometimes I think some of the greatest things are founded on necessity. And totally. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that I saw that you are actually pursuing and have a, deg a degree from Oklahoma in nutrition. 
Yeah, I'm a registered dietitian. I graduated from Oklahoma State, though. We cannot. Oh, we cannot. Oh, oh, yes, oh, oh. We cannot. I, I did start at OU, but I, I moved to Oklahoma State. Sarah graduated from OU. We oh, like okay. to keep everything very confusing. Sisters, we both went to the same college for a little bit and then switched anyways. Sure. Uh, but I'm, I went to school um, to be a registered dietitian, and I saw that through. I really felt like it was a functional thing. I enjoyed it. I cared about it. Um, but during that process of working to become a dietitian, I knew that wasn't going to be my career path, but I honestly, I'm still thrilled to have that. And it's helped tippy toes in a big way because we have a focus on health and nutrition for kids. And, you know, our dance classes are very high energy. We want the kids to get sweaty and have fun. And with that, we have, you know, legitimacy of our real focus on health, um, because of basically the credentials and the experience that I have as a dietitian. You know, the reason that's interesting to me is I think there's so many people that they they go one way, they think this is how it's going to be. They get the degree, they even start sometimes in the career, and then the ultimate pivot happens. What yeah. would you say to the people that are listening now that maybe they're stuck, uh, maybe I'll use the word stuck in a job, but they have this dream of something else what, what, what got you there? Uh, yeah. what led, what was the mindset to help break you free? So it was, I always wanted to choose tippy toes. So if I had my homework and I had work, I was like, God, I wish I could just do tippy toes. So it, I mean, it goes back to so cheesy, but follow your passion yeah. and cause it's going to take time, whatever you do, whether you like your, whether you um, are good at it or have the experience or not, it's going to take time to get good at something. So you might as well like it because even if you, you love something, you're not good at it at first. You still got to right. figure it out, you know? And so yeah. the hours are going to be there. So you might as well enjoy the content. I enjoyed it to a point, but I didn't want it to be, I loved learning about science of nutrition and things like that, but I got over it and I was like, okay, that's good. I'm glad I have it. I appreciate it. But I don't want to spend my days on that. I, mm -hmm. I was, I was ignited at the idea of, serving families, bringing joy to kids. Like I, I was like, I can't believe I get to go see these kids. And then they get so excited to see me. And we have this like, you know, just joyous time together. <laughs> and I loved it and I couldn't wait. And um, I didn't mind the, whatever it took, I would have done it all day long. So I think it's back to following something that you really enjoy and love. Man, that, that is well said. I'm, I'm doing that myself for those that listen and they know that I left a, a great career after 23 years and started out on my own business in December. And here we are like through yeah. a pandemic and all this other stuff. You know, I think people, people hear that message a lot, Megan, where they're like, hey, just follow your dreams, just follow your passion. You know, that's a great way to start. But then comes, you know, you have to have some strategy. There has to be some execution. When was that moment that it went from an idea to a strategy to an execution and what would you tell people that are in that place right now where they're like this is what i'm passionate about i can't bear to drive to that ever-loving office one more time uh how do you get from this idea and excitement to action to the execution phase what would you tell them that you've learned one of those fifty thousand mistakes yeah one of them is you have to just do something you know like the talk will kill you. Like, I mean, it'll just be, you get tired. You talk about it enough and you get sick, you know, like you've got to do something tangible that almost pushes you. I love something that holds you accountable. So whether you need to post to Instagram to get it out there, then do that, whatever, find something that either holds you accountable or is an actual step, like an actual 
set up a business or an actual call that place that you think might be able to help you or that person, like do an actual thing, I think is always kind of, the, I think that's where a lot of people get frozen of like, yeah, but I don't know what if it's like, well, have the conversation and find out, you know, and then that conversation likely leads to something else, which, um, you know, I think it's, it has to be the action step. And for us, you know, it, it's evolves. So like, if you would have told me in 2007 that we would have international franchises, I would have been like, what sure. are you talking about? Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. A, We're just I don't trying even... to get the car paid for it. Yeah, point. exactly. I'm like, I don't have, like, we, we wanted, at, at 2007, we wanted a kid's TV show. I would have been like, why would, I don't even know how to franchise. What does that even mean? What does that look like? How would I know how to franchise? I had no idea. And, and so you have to like, ride, ride the wave and see right. where it takes you. Um, but it always has to start with taking a step of, of actual action. Um, and not just talk, you know, cause everybody can talk, but the action is what separates people in the beginning. Isn't it true? I always say never let perfection kill your state of readiness. And, yes. uh, you know, we've heard the saying that it's tough to steer a parked car. And that mm -hmm. kind of means get moving. Yeah. And I've seen that, that in my, my own entrepreneurial journey is, mm -hmm. and I always reflect back on never despise the small beginning. And that mm -hmm. means that, hey, look, and I think you probably had this in your own life, in your own journey. And I would tell this to any uh, entrepreneur that's starting out or anyone that aspires to start out is celebrate the small wins uh, yeah. because they put totally. the wind in your sails. Like, you never dreamed uh, that you would be an international company, 35 franchises. I'm dreaming big about being in front of, you know, auditoriums of people making impact in people's lives. I'm not yeah. there yet, but I'm just right. glad to be on this podcast yes. talking to, to Megan Riley right now. Yes. It's exciting yeah. and I'm celebrating it. So yeah. that's good. And I think that mentality of positivity and like, this is great. This is it, it, like nobody, you don't go, it's not a big bang. It's not like, this is what I want to bam, here I am. It, yeah. nothing goes that way, you know? So don't hold yourself to that, that bar of like, well, it didn't happen right away or it didn't happen in the first year or it didn't happen in the second year. I mean, Sarah started to be toes in, in 1999. So like some people could be like, God, it's taking a long time. And you know, like you, it's all in how you look at it. But to me, I'm sure. like, international franchise this is amazing things are growing it you know so I think in a way it's like give yourself a break and if you're chasing your dreams then the journey is the win yeah and now th you know thinking about that journey and I don't know exactly what the timeline was and when <laughs> it all happened but I did learn that you were on the shark tank you and Sarah were on the shark tank and it was early in the tenure of yeah. the shark tank Mm -hmm. And uh, y'all had a pretty wild experience. So tell us about, you know, for those that have watched Shark Tank, you know, we see kind of, uh, you know, the, the, what happens with all the lights and the cameras. Tell us a little bit about how did you get there and what, what did that experience look like? Yeah, it was, first of all, it was so fun. We had a really fun experience, um, but we worked really hard leading up to it. So we, Sarah and I did not submit for it, but Sarah's husband did. We had no idea that he, Sarah got a call and was like, we'd like to talk to you about your application. And she was like, what are you talking about? And turns out that Adam, her husband submitted us to be on the show after, so that was season one they were watching and he submitted and season two uh, was when we were on. That's so, awesome. but yeah, it was really, that's a, just a fun fact. Um, 
but it was, you know, it, it was important for us to be prepared. We, we had, all you need is one season to see in Shark Tank. If you go in there like, uh, you know, they will eat you alive. They call it the shark tank for a reason. (laughs) There's a reason. (laughs) And you know what? Honestly, it wasn't an easy decision to decide to do it. Um, At the time, my my father-in-law was a, he's an, he was an attorney. And I remember him being like, uh, you know, like a lot of people are like, why would you do this? And and not great. We couldn't talk about it that often to people because it was kind of a hush hush thing too. Um, So it wasn't, first of all, an easy decision to go on because all of a sudden you're like, I'm putting my stuff on blast like this. And I'm out of control as an entrepreneur to be out of control. Like I could go up there. They could say whatever they want to, to me and put it on TV. It's a TV show, you know, like they're there to make entertainment. And so it was scary. It was hard to make that decision. But then once we did, we put all the chips in, we prepared like crazy. We um, rehearsed, we knew our numbers we, and everybody should know that stuff, but we did right. it. So it was like, we knew it cold. Um, and so it was a couple months leading up to preparing for it. And then, but it was like, they kind of keep you on pins and needles. Like you never really know when you're going to get the call. Are you really going to get in front of the sharks? Even if you get to LA, you might not get in front of the sharks. So we were, we ended up like getting a call and like the next day we're on a plane to go to LA. Which wow. Yeah. Crazy. And then, um, and then it was the last day there that we actually, it was, we were there for like a week and it, we, we got called on the last day. And, and you're, you're a mom at this point. Is that, are you? I, a- I wasn't a mom at this point, but okay. Sarah was. Sarah, Sarah was. was. Yeah. So I, um, I had, you know, my kiddos came soon after Shark Tank aired, but, um, but Sarah had actually, Sarah was, I don't know if anybody knows this. Sarah didn't know she was pregnant on the show. Oh, <laughs> so, hey. Yes. Fun fact there too. Um, so she had two kids at home, which that was a whole thing. Cause she was going to be gone on Halloween, you know? So it's like, you're always making sacrifices sure. too. Like there's always sure. trade-offs. Um, anyways, we, we got in front of the sharks and, um, it was crazy and nerve wracking and you know, the walk, I mean, it's, it's all the nerves. It's funny now when I watch it now, I'm like, I cannot believe we did that. You know, <laughs> you know when you're in it, when you're doing it, you're like, no, I'm ready for this. So when sure. it came time to be in front of them, it's like, let's have the, you know, like, let's go, you know, and the the preparation was really important for me. It makes me feel powerful and like, yeah, you're not going to trip me up on my own business. I know what's going on. Yeah. Um, And honestly, we went in with a strategy. We wanted to make a deal. We weren't going to make a foolish deal, but we wanted to do what we needed to do to make a deal. We went in wanting to sell DVDs. They were like, no, we want to talk about your franchise. So we shifted on, on the spot and talked about franchising. So um, you know, there's that flexibility factor too, that comes into it. We studied, studied weeks and really months to prepare for this certain pitch. And we left with a deal over franchising, um, which come long story short, didn't end up lasting. Um, we ended up walking away from the deal, but so who, who, like, who was, uh, who was interested in like, how did yeah. it end? You got a deal, right? We did get a deal. So it was actually wonderful because Mr. Wonderful gave us an awful offer, but it was so nice <laughs> to be offered. His, his deal was ridiculous. He also asked if he said he wanted to put a, um, like a shock collar on us to stop us from ever wanting to do anything other than franchising. So like things like, you know, like it was entertaining. Yeah. Um, Barbara Shocking wanted, off. yes, exactly. Barbara wanted to make a deal and, and then Mark wanted to make a deal. Um, and Mark, as he does, very smart businessman said, listen, you make me an offer. If I like it, that's it. You can't negotiate with anybody else. Right. And so we're like, okay. And as we're talking, Barbara's like, wait, 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 wait. And we say it. And he's like, done, deal. That's it. And so smart man, smart it's, man. It's very smart. So he was, and then afterwards, there's a clip where he's like, Barbara, I just didn't want to get into a war with you over money. And she's like, oh, thanks so much. You know, I appreciate it. Basically, <laughs> thanks for looking out for me. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, he iced her out. Um, 
but anyways, and it was great. And then, you know, afterwards, um, we, you know, we were thrilled. We were so excited. We couldn't believe it. It was like, what is happening? This is unbelievable. We were thrilled. We went back home and we were kind of like, oh my gosh, we just made a deal with Mark Cuban. This is unbelievable. What is a big happening? Deal. Yeah. But you know, what's funny is we were season two. So I still like, once we could talk about it, people were like, what show is this? Where now it's like, you know, <laughs> go I, deep in the archives. Yes, exactly. Um, so anyways, uh, you know, it was afterwards, it was a few weeks and we would, we were able to, he was very, Mark was very receptive, very helpful. We'd email with him. We'd chat with him. We kind of planned it so on the side. We were working with his business associates to try to work out the contract. And over time, it just was clear that that was not going to be something we felt comfortable with. And there were, you know, certain factors we tried to negotiate. We said, could this change? Could this change? And there were things that understandably as all business owners and, and business people know, sometimes you can't come to terms and we couldn't. Sure, sure. And so we just said, you know, we're so sorry, but this isn't, this isn't going to work out. Um, he was not thrilled with that, but I also know that that was the right decision for us. And I have had zero heartburn over that from the minute we made that decision. Good I knew it was right. Yeah, that's good. So I have a question on that, but I want to go back a little bit. You're in the shark tank. Mm -hmm. One, you're preparing for the shark tank. This is like a high pressure. Now, you, you, I mean, clearly just in the few minutes we've talked, confidence, outgoing, you got some of these natural abilities that you've probably groomed over the years, but Thank that you. does come with uh, some effort because there's pressure. I mean, there's, there's a lot of wealth in front of you. There's a lot of success in front of you, probably a little bit intimidating. So Two, two things on this. As you're mm -hmm. preparing for the Shark Tank and even in your own business, mm -hmm. you have a partner. Um, mm -hmm. Now, you already broke rule number one, which is don't ever do <laughs> family, right? They always yes. tell you that. Yes, um, yes. But partnerships aren't always easy. And so here you are preparing for this high stakes event, building this business. Is it? How does that work with the two of you? And what would you tell other people? Is one of you like the analytical and uh, let's get the spreadsheets and the pie charts mm -hmm. and practice and role play. And the other one's like, Hey, we'll just figure it out. We'll take it as it comes. How does that work with you two? And what would you tell people listening that are in a partnership that are having some challenges working through those things? Yeah. Um, well, one great thing is we share genetic coding. So we're sisters. That so that, yeah. that helps. I mean, it could hurt, I guess, in a lot of circumstances that could make it worse. But for us, um, we have, there's a, there's a speed of trust between us. I know that she wants the very best for me and my family and my world and my life as she knows that I want the very best for her. So there's a level of like, listen, we're in that. We both want, luckily at the end of the day, we both want the same thing. We want to impact the world through our company to bring joy and happiness and positivity to the world. We're doing it with the vehicle of dance. Um, but we have that, that's, that's not wavering for us. We want to impact the world with our work. And so honestly, like the big idea is what, you know, our why or however you want to say it, our passion, mm -hmm. it matches. And so whenever we're making decisions, you know, if one of us, <clears throat> if we disagree, we can, we can navigate it through those channels because it's like, you know, what does this achieve? What does this get us closer to? Does it get us closer to the big dream, to the big goal? Um, and we do, to answer your question, we do, we have a yin and a yang kind of thing going on. Sarah is, um, and it's funny because I feel like we've, we've grown up together doing this, you know? So we've always, you know, I think we've probably also, when we got married, 
I think we both leaned towards the way our husbands are, um, which honestly I think was a wonderful thing for our business because he got my, you on Shark Tank. <laughs> yes, that's true. Got us on Shark Tank. Um, but you know, so we have different personalities. Sarah is um, an idea girl. She loves ideas. She's got great ideas. She's ready to go. Figuring out every step to execution, she's like, eh. and I'm like, okay, like she, you know, she'll come up with all these ideas, and I'm like, how did? When did you have time to have that idea? How did you think of these wonderful ideas? And then I'm like, okay, so how are we going to actually execute that? How how are we going to scale that with our franchise owners? Can we make this like? Is this a long term thing? You know, like all those things. It's yeah. funny. In the world, I don't think of myself as type A. In my relationship with Sarah, I'm very type A because Sarah is not. So, so you, you kind of have to be, right? I, I do. I have to be, um, you know, and, but it's also funny because we both will write lyrics for our, we write, have children's music that is played in our dance classes and available everywhere. But wow. um, we both write lyrics, which is fun. They're off the walls and crazy. But even in our songs, for instance, Sarah writes a song, Unicorns Eat Rainbows for Breakfast. <laughs> and I write a song called every day at tippy toes. So it's like where I talk about like, this is what we do in tippy toes. And Sarah is writing a song about unicorns eating rainbows and like both work, both are necessary in class. Um, and that kind of sums up, you know, how we, how we operate and it, and it works well. But I would say that if you're going to have a partner, there's got to be excellent communication and um, we went to Chick-fil-A to learn from the amazing people at Chick-fil-A and they shared something there and that is clear is kind. Hmm. Being clear with people is being kind. Hmm. And so, um, you know, you, if, if you're in a, in a business relationship and there's games being played or whatever, you, that is no, that is a, a quick stop for me. Right. Like you can't, there, there's too much hardness and difficulty and challenges in business to be having to play mind games or having a constant hurdle with your business partner. Yeah. So I feel like business relationships, if you're going to go into business with somebody, which I would recommend because I love it so much. Um, and it's been such a benefit for me and Sarah. Um, but you have to be able to communicate very clearly with one another and know that you each are coming from a place of love and hope. And, you know, you're sure. going after the same thing. That's, that's great, Megan. I, th I think that's, so goes life, right? And whether it's, uh, you know, in business for yourself, in corporate America, or even in your own house, mm -hmm. you know, it, the essence of it does get down to whenever it's a team type of environment, there's going to be personalities, there's going to be some conflict. And it's, you got to work through those things, whether it's mm -hmm. a partnership or it's not. And, you know, I think, you, I think you said some really, really neat things there because you have to work through that, whether it's what you all are doing, which is, you know, offering kids an amazing environment to go dance and, you know, you know, build community and love people and all of that, or whatever the dream is that the listener has. At the end of the day, it is about people and yeah. we get the people thing right. And typically the business takes care of itself. Yes. Now, something you said, totally. uh, you you end up not moving forward with Mark Cuban, mm -hmm. and I want to I want to hit on that for a minute because I believe that thriving businesses don't just focus on what they say yes to, but they mm -hmm. they focus also on what they say no to. So, what is some advice that you would give entrepreneurs and maybe some pitfalls that they could avoid early on in that journey? I would say to not try to shortcut the journey. <laughs> You know, I feel like a lot of times if we would have taken the money, it could have felt like, whew, yay. But like that would have been 
the wrong response, first of all. Um, and second of all, you can't, the lessons you learn on the journey is what makes your company or your business or your life great. You know, it's like, you know, when I think about parenthood, um, you know, you can't just fast forward to the knowledge of a 70 year old. You have to learn it as a parent through all your mistakes and everything that, that you go through. Um, yeah. And I've, I've learned that I'm starting a podcast called Who's Your Mama? And, and that's what I've learned from these women is like, God, there's so much wisdom, but there's so many lessons and so many things that they experienced that got them to that place. Yeah. So is true in business. You know, like there don't, the shortcuts aren't the right way most of the time. Hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it's like a diet pill. I mean, there's, there, there, you can think of a million examples of the shortcut not being the answer. Yeah. And so for us, um, you know, saying, saying no was us honoring our gut and, um, and as much as it was, it would have been great to have some cash flow and to have that notoriety sure. with us and stuff, but it also would have completely changed our path and it really would have taken away our entrepreneurial, um, tendencies because we yeah. had to, you know, the part of the thing was like, we have to franchise. We can only franchise. Well, that's not that doesn't, is not how I operate. I want to be able to start the podcast. Sarah's yeah. writing a book. We like, but the that music. fuels, yeah, the music yeah. that fuels us to be able to continue to build the brand or yeah. build whatever we want to build. Um, so I think saying no is incredibly important. And we say no actually a lot in franchising, sure. you know, because what we have found is if we get the wrong franchisee in, it is nothing but a distraction. Yeah, right. <laughs> it is hard and terrible and bad. And so we would rather say no, and maybe we've been wrong. Maybe we missed somebody here and there, sure. but maybe, maybe we saved ourselves two years of strife. Yeah. Um, and so I think the no, I think I, your point is totally valid. I really love that because I think sometimes saying no feels like a door closing. Right. Just saying yes to something else. That's exactly it, Megan. I love that. <laughs> and you know, I always tell people and, and you gave this, this is your story is you, you can't, you can't forsake what you want most for what you want now. And yes, I think that was, you know, that was kind of mm -hmm. your mindset and early on um, and everybody's situations are different. You know, some people leave their job and start a business and they need a, they need the mortgage paid like immediately. Right. And so they sometimes make bad business decisions because of the, the now gain, but it mm -hmm. can kill the long haul. Yeah. And something you also said that I think ties not only the partnership to Sarah, but um, how you're modeling out your business is the why or the mission mm -hmm. or the vision. Mm -hmm. And when you have that at the core and you know somebody else's why and the mm -hmm. why of the business, it can get you through some hell yeah. uh, because you know, like, I'm going to get over this obstacle. I'm going to get over this challenge. I'm going to get over this disagreement with Sarah. I'm going to get over this saying no to Mark Cuban. Uh, because I know the why I know where right. we're going. Would you it's agree? bigger a yeah. million percent? Uh, yes, I absolutely. And by the way, there's going to be, there's going to be real challenges and it's good. Like, it's not a question of, is it going to be difficult? It's just when it's going to be difficult and yeah. then it's your reaction. So that's, why I think when you go back to partnership, it's like, you're, you know, you, it has to be, it, you really want it to be smooth and, and feel um, effortless really in a way, because it's, it's hard enough as it is. Now it's wonderful when you love it. Like the hard stuff for me, I welcome, I don't, I, I, you know, when th we're, I mean, we're in a pandemic and we go into daycares and offer dance classes. Like 
it's been a challenge. Like we sure. have been facing nothing but challenges. Um, and we've had to change our model. We had to go virtual in a matter of days. We, it's been crazy, yeah. but like, so basically it's been, you know, six months of nothing but challenges as it has been for many other people. Right. But I'm like all in, like, I'm not like, Oh, forget it. You know, yeah, right. I, I'm like, let's go, let's figure it out. What's and, and, and my heart, what I'm actually thinking is, this is amazing. We're building this business. It's going to be even better in 2025 when we can be back together and, or whenever, you know, like down yeah, there, I'm thinking, right. I'm thinking in 2030, our business is so much stronger because of the garbage and the sure. junk that we are going through now. Yeah. Um, and frankly, I think there's probably some of that that's survival. <laughs> like, listen, it's been hard, but you got to get through it. So you, I only think in terms of, of long-term, you know, we, we actually were talking yesterday about something and we're like, is this going to just be for six months? Cause if so, we're going to do it differently than if it's going to be like a part of the brand, you know? So you, you really always, you have to frame up your perspective and, and when you're, when you're executing the business. That's, I, that is so good. Cause right now, I mean, I'm going through it. You're going through it. A lot of people are going through it you know, the pandemic, the downturn, some of our businesses are directly being directly affected by mm -hmm. this pandemic. But, you know, your vision about not today, and I always tell people, don't make bad short-term decisions right now. You still have to play the long game. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me, I, re I read an article last week from the Harvard Business Review, and they declared that the number one trait of successful entrepreneurs is grit grit yeah and they said it's impossible it's tough to teach it's yeah. tough to identify but it's grit and thinking about what you're saying boom we pivot to online we pivot mm -hmm. you know to the music whatever it might be now is not the time to give up now is the time right. to dig your heels in because mm -hmm. 2025 is going to be here and yeah. the people that thrive through this storm are going to mm -hmm. be the ones that build the empires in five seven ten years yes so, 35 franchises didn't start mm -hmm. that way started as a nope. concept now we're international mm -hmm. we have a lot of entrepreneurs that uh, listen into this show how how do you know when it's a good time to go from this uh, mom and pop uh, cool thing that we're doing in our city to how do I think we want to franchise do we how do we get there when do you franchise and how do you make that happen yeah. Well, first of all, it's funny. I still think of us as mom and pop. Like, I think I will always think that way because that's good. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm like, we're still so connected with people, you know, I, with everybody, you know, we don't have this big, huge corporate team where we're like disconnected from our owners or whatever. I'm like, we're just, we're just not how we, we do things. So, um, but for us, honestly, for us, it came out of failing terribly when we wanted to have a children's TV show. We tried this, we were looking at doing this. It wasn't working. We had some mentors that were like, have you ever considered like, so we long story short, but basically a door got slammed in our face. We actually pulled it shut because we saw some more things and were like, Oh, never mind. We do not want to do that with these people and how that was going to go down. But we were defeated. We were like, I cannot believe we spent this time and this energy looking for this. And our mentors like, have you thought about franchising? We we're like, no, we have not thought about franchising. Um, but we knew that we loved what we did. So, so for us, that's how it started. But I would say for people, when you're like at a point, at a point where you have a business and you're like, I want to keep growing, but I can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, for us, that was like, we can't, I can't, I want every child in the world. When I was, um, you know, teaching in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and I was a college student, I was like, 
I have so much fun with these kids. I get this reaction from the parents. Like it's very powerful for the families that get to be a part of it and have this sense of community. But I can't be everywhere, but I want kids to have this experience. I don't want kids to go to dance class and be scared or nervous or be treated poorly or be treated like every yeah. other kid. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I couldn't multiply myself, but I could franchise. And yeah. so, um, for me, that was, that's one way I would think about it now. Like if I were to, you know, have a different business, that's at the point that I thought this needs to be everywhere. Um, the other thing that for me was a trigger was that I'd have friends say, you're so lucky you get to work for yourself and mm -hmm. you get to, you know, you don't have to take work off to get your haircut or, you know, whatever <laughs> the things were. And so I thought, other people want to have this lifestyle that I have. Like, I mean, I'm sure. working it. I might be working late, but I do have the flexibility. I can go wherever I want to go when I want to, you know, like it just, and it's obviously different business to business, sure. but there were those two things that I thought I can't be everywhere. And also other people seem to like the idea of having this flexibility of, of business ownership. So, um, so those two things I would look at for us, it was a huge failure that then turned into an incredible blessing because we, um, we kind of fleshed it out. We did a lot of work. I got franchising for dummies. It's still behind me someplace. I love it. And honestly, I, I opened that book and I started typing. I started doing what that said to do. I mean, back to like your question of how do you start? Well, I didn't, I, I know nothing about franchising when we have this idea. That's why I bought franchising for dummies. <laughs> I was a dummy. I knew nothing. I love it. And so I read the book and then I started doing what it said. And then I started making phone calls and being like, I want to start a franchise. They're like, how many franchises do you have? I'm like, well, I don't have any. Like, why? That's <laughs> why I'm calling start. you. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, oh, you have to have 20 franchises for us to take you on. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And they said, but you know what? I had this conversation with this guy. He goes, let me, there's somebody that just retired. Let me connect you with him. Well, if I wouldn't have made that phone call, I wow. wouldn't have gotten in contact with the guy that ended up being our consultant for several years and got us off the ground. He, hmm. We don't work with him anymore, but that was what it took. So and honestly, when I called the franchising company, I remember being like, I don't even know what I'm asking. Like, yeah. I don't even know what we're doing. Yeah. What are we talking about? But it's back to like, well, okay, let me just, I, I couldn't care about their judgment sure. of me. I had to just take the action and see what I could figure out. I mean, Megan, you, I, there's no doubt you are inspiring a lot of <laughs> listeners. And oh, it was good. the same on my so. journey. Like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't even know how to set up QuickBooks or like, I, I, I knew nothing. I just had this passion. I just knew it was time. There's, there's entrepreneurs going through where you were right now. I don't know what to do next. There's people that also are letting the fear of making the leap hold them back from what they're really called to do. And if that's you listening, I, I want you to hear Megan's heart in this in that, you know, you don't have to have all the answers, but man, you get some of that grit and, and effort and you go look and you ask and you fail 50,000 times and you mm -hmm. keep on going. That's exciting. So the, the other thing that's always interesting, um, especially as your business continues to scale, and I get this question a lot about work-life balance. Uh, mm -hmm. You're a mom of, of three young girls, mm -hmm. and you have, one, you have a business that you're building, but now you have a business that's even scaling. Mm -hmm. Talk to the moms out there about you know, the fear of, I can't do it because I just got to stay in my lane. I just mm -hmm. got to stay here because, you know, this is really what I have to do. And look, it, it, everybody has their own calling in life, so there's no shade being thrown. But right. talk to specifically to that mom out there that's maybe holding herself back because she doesn't think it's possible. How do you do it? You know, I feel like any parent 
that has raised children is that is as gritty as you get. So back to your point about (laughs) grit being a huge factor. Listen, there is nothing harder than nursing a child while another one is asking you to wipe them while the other one is asking when they can eat and you're managing all of that. So what I found, and, and honestly, I didn't find this until I was, my kids were, you know, my youngest was a little bit older, but man, I developed so much grit and determination. I was okay being uncomfortable. Hello, I'm a mom, like, or a parent, you know, any parent that is at home, there are, it is hard. It is very, it is a 24, in my opinion, my opinion, it is the most grueling job that there is because it never ends. Nobody cares how you feel. There are no sick days. At the end of the day, you, it is all on your shoulders. You are an entrepreneur. Like that is so much of what an entrepreneur is. Yeah. CEO of all. all. But you love your job, right? You love your kids. So you're like, I got it. I'll I'll take care of it. So you take so much of the same stuff that you learn as a mom or a parent and you, it's the same thing. You're just shifting the vehicle from kids to jewelry making or, you know, uh, recruiting or whatever, whatever the thing is that you are so passionate about that you don't mind, you know, equivalent to you don't mind waking up in the middle of the night to do a feeding. You don't mind working till 11 o'clock on your couch because you love it. So in my opinion, I would love to hire parents all day long and, and because I know what they're capable of and I know the grit that that takes. Um, So, and the other thing too is I remember, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that I felt like, well, I didn't, I don't have a business degree. I don't really, you know, I'm a female in a world, in a business world that seems very dominated by men. They probably know more than I do. They will probably, probably, probably. And then I realized Mm -hmm. I'm making up these stories. Yeah. I I don't know anything. I, I, I mean, I shouldn't assume that I am beneath anything or anyone else or my abilities are beneath anybody else just because you haven't done it doesn't mean you're not going to crush it that's so good and so franchising like i mean i I didn't know anything about it but i figured it out and i i kept going the course now there could have been a time when i tried it and i was like uh never mind we're that's not the right that's okay too like not everybody just gets on the path and then just learns and keeps going it 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 doesn't just go that way there's going to be changes and turns and you, you might get off the bus, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I think that the minute you start believing in yourself and not assuming somebody else is better at it or knows more than you do, you're giving yourself, don't be the person to tell yourself. No, that's, that's a lesson that I learned. I actually walked yeah. on a, a basketball team in, in college at the university of Oklahoma and I hmm. quit. They ended up going to the national championship. Oh, naked. Ever since then, I will never be the one to tell myself no. I told myself no. They might have, they might have said you suck the next week, but <laughs> I don't know. They might have said you're a great person. We want to keep this kind of you know culture on the team. You're going to stay with us, and I would have been in the national championship on the wow. bench. But wow. like I would have been there. I will never be the one to tell myself no, and I I don't want any woman or mom or person or older, you know, if you're in their seventies and you're like, I still want to do it. Don't be the person to tell you no. Come on. Let, let somebody else tell you no, yeah. let that happen. You know, but you can't be the one that puts yourself. I in agree. Place. That's so good. Yeah. That is so good. <laughs> you know, you, you, what you said uh, about, you know, what, you know, you're talking about the, it's a male dominated thing and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and and the question came up in your mind was what what's going to happen if i do this and i think what you and i agree on megan and what we're telling the listeners that are faced with this is what's going to happen if you don't mm -hmm. yeah. what's going to happen if you don't you might not get to cut that net down yeah right or right. you know the elite yeah. eight you know you might not uh -huh. be able to climb that ladder uh -huh. like i think so many times in our lives we spend so much time talking about why it won't work why i can't do it how can you be a mom and do this or fill in the blank men face right. the same challenges we all face the same challenges but let this be a challenge from what megan is living it out um i'm living it out let this challenge you to say yes you're probably thinking what's going to happen if i do it but we're here rooting you on saying think about what could happen if you don't you have something mm -hmm. that the world needs yeah so absolutely that's good so to take um i'm having a blast by the way but to take, i want to i want to talk about a subject you know at the time of our recording it's july 30th i'm not sure exactly when this is going to air but i have to tell you megan the last couple of days i've been tremendously bothered by uh some social media that's coming out bothered in a good way there's a there's a movement now you might have heard of it called challenge accepted if anybody opens up instagram as i'm recording this episode you are seeing uh women posting black and white photos of themselves on instagram nominating other women to take up the challenge with you know hashtags like uh challenge accepted and and so on and it's it's an empowerment and i thought oh this is a cool you know kind of a viral challenge but what i learned was that there was some origin of this and and the basic motive of this trend seems to be promoting female empowerment and a, and a way for women to support each other however a lot of people don't know that the campaign started uh because of some atrocities happening in the the country of turkey and reports tell us that 474 women uh were killed in 2019 and they're labeling it now a femicide based off uh, gender-based violence and abuse, and they're expecting 2020, it's going to be even worse. Obviously, I don't support femicide um, and these kind of things. However, many of my female counterparts over the years have been very vocal about their challenges in business, in corporate America, in society. So I think we've gotten a lot better, and probably in the US, it's better than most places. But Megan, you're a thriving businesswoman and mom. What what words of encouragement? You know, if if this were a live uh, challenge accepted video, what words of encouragement would you give the ladies listening that are looking to go where you are? I would say go. You know, I would say believe in yourself. Um, you know, to the point that we were just talking about you are so powerful just because of you of who you are and your path nobody else can can share what you have learned through your life and that is everyone's superpower your own story is your superpower nobody else can take that from you nobody else can share that no one's going to beat you to the punch there it's your story so why not celebrate it why not honor it by doing things that you love or that you have passion about or you have drive behind whether that's staying at home, whether that's building an empire, whether that's, you know, doing, um, you know, service, being in the service, whatever it is, I think it's honoring the path that you have been living by, by following those dreams and chasing them. 
Um, my sister, Sarah's writing a book and I got an advanced copy. And one thing in it that I really loved is she talks about a time she was humiliated by a mistake she made. And the rest of us don't really remember it that clearly until she brought it up. I was like, oh yeah, hmm. your humiliation is your own. We all think people care about mistakes we make. Nobody cares. Everyone is so worried about themselves. Nobody is paying attention to what somebody else is doing. So why, why not go chase those dreams? Mm -hmm. Why let them just fester inside of you? You are powerful. You have, have wisdom. You have your own, you know, lessons that only you can share because they're yours. Mm -hmm. Um, and so really I feel like putting away the idea of considering other people, what, what would you do if nobody else's opinion would, would be a factor? Mm -hmm. What would you do then? Yeah. Um, you know, I think we would all do a lot more if we yeah. didn't think about at some point, what, how will this look? What will this yeah. look like? What, what if I mess up? What if we took those questions out of our mind and just did it? Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost kind of taking the seatbelt off and, yeah. you know, you know, being, it might feel a little bit dangerous at first, but it's really honoring yourself and your path. Man, that's, it's well said. And I mean, let that be a reminder too, with, you know, what Megan said, what's happening around the world, man, let's empower each other. You know, let's not look past, uh, you know, what's wrong. Let's speak up. Let's do something about it, whether it's in your workplace, in your family, whatever it might be, because you, I mean, you're hearing what Megan is saying as well is that, you know, by, by not doing these types of things and giving everybody the opportunity to chase, you know, what, what God has built them to do, you know, they're, they're holding back what their gift is to our world and our lives. Mm -hmm. So let, let's empower people to do what they're called to do and, and let's help each other get there. I always say each one reach one. And Megan, that's what you did on this show today. I know that, uh, you know, you're inspiring a lot of people. You're providing employment to a lot of people. You're, you're creating great environments for a lot of kiddos. Uh, you know, whenever, you know, giving them principles and activities and, and, and it's just an amazing thing. So I appreciate you being on today. And tell, tell the people, how can they learn more about you? Somebody listening is going to want to have a franchise in their city. How do, how do they go about contacting you all, learning more about what you all are doing? Well, that's awesome. I appreciate it. And Jeff, this was a blast. I, I could have talked to you all day. So thank you for having me on. And sure. um, I love the concept of, of your show um, in general. So this is Great. really an honor for me. Um, so Tippy Toes, we have, you know, we're on Instagram. We've got a website. Great name, by the way. Me. Like you get the visual, you see it. <laughs> yeah, right. It's really fun. We've, we've had, that was a, a good early win for us. Um, I love it. So it's T-I-P-P-I though. That's what throws some people off. So Tippy Toes Dance, um, at Tippy Toes Dance, we're on Instagram, Facebook, all over there. Um, and then tippytoesdance.com is our website. Um, and then I'm, you know, you'll find us through that, but I'm at Megan L. Riley on social um, and, and Sarah's Sarah Noose, which is N-U-S-E. So um, yeah, yeah, but you know, we're, we're here. We love it. Sarah and I, Sarah's, you know, she's an author also and speaker and I have a podcast starting. Sarah's got a podcast also. I've got a podcast. So we're, we're really, we love working with people. We love sharing our message. We love seeing other people win. We sure. love, you know, when we're able to find somebody that fits well into the tippy toes model and is excited to start a business. It's just all, it's just really um, an honor to be a part of a community of, we have a community of women that build each other up, which is just wonderful. And, um, and being able to have opportunities like this to share it um, is my favorite thing. Cause I, I love it. And I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. That's so good. That's so good. And follow these ladies 
on LinkedIn. I've been following them for a while now, and it's just amazing to hear them go back and forth. And, you know, one thing I love about them is the, <clears throat> the word that comes to my mind is genuine and maybe even authentic. So love following you. Uh, we'll continue to follow your journey. Uh, I appreciate every, all the listeners joining in today. Uh, make sure that you check out the show notes for this episode. We'll give you links to Tippy Toes, how you can get in touch with Megan. Uh, also, don't forget to sign up for our September launch of our online virtual leadership groups that are launching the first week of September. You can do this by going to the championforum.com forward slash groups. And until next week, I want you all to remember, you all have been set up to be champions in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win. 